Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. This show is sponsored by our members who made donations. We'd like to give them a very big thank you. We have to cover the monthly costs of the radio station's software, bandwidth, phone lines and phone calls to be able to continue with the radio show. And thank you for listening. Today my guest is Dr. Teresa Ramsey, who's an MMD from Arizona. Thank you for joining me, Teresa. Thank you for having me. So we're really excited to find out who Dr. Teresa Ramsey is. What led you to become a doctor? And why did you choose the naturopathic route? Right. I wasn't looking to be a doctor. I was an RN, a nurse, in the hospital setting. And I worked primarily in open-heart surgery and in the emergency room. And I was happy working three 12-hour shifts. But then, you know, some it just... I think if we keep our minds open, we're always guided to where we're supposed to be. And I found myself in medical school when I didn't, you know, want to go back to school. And it was difficult because the training I had was functional medicine, which means helping the body to, you know, heal and be well on its own, stimulating its own healing response versus cutting out and suppressing. So it was a foreign idea to me, but some part of me, it made sense. And I stayed and I finished my schooling, my training my internship, and I passed my boards. And then when I started practicing, it really changed my whole life, the way I look at life. Mm-hmm. And it's blessed my, myself, my family, and I've been now in practice for 22 years. Wow. So what kind of patients were you treating before you, you found LDN? I mean, do you treat, you know, from the cradle to the grave, or do you focus on adult medicine? Well, we do cradle to grave in our office. I have fine-tuned my practice over the past 10 years. I'm a preventive aging specialist, which means hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. And LDN falls in that. It's not a hormone, but it's an endorphin. So to me, it's like turning on something in the body that it can't do as well as it did when it was younger. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so when did you first hear about LDN? How many years ago was that? Well, it was, I first heard about it 15 years ago. And although I didn't know much about it, I prescribed it to the one patient with Crohn's that asked me for it. But then recently, because there's so much more research on LDN, I would say I've been prescribing it daily since... Um, at least um, a year, maybe longer than a year, but it's rather new research that I came upon. Mm-hmm. And I've been prescribing it for so many conditions that um, I've been reading about in the literature on it. And have you found your patients have any initial introductory side effects? You know, some people have no side effects. Um, some people have minor side effects like dreaming, 
maybe some a slight headache that doesn't really turn into anything worse. Um, one patient felt good on it, and then she started to feel nauseous, but I don't know why she stopped it. But I typically don't see side effects that last. And if I have a patient with side effects on the low dose, I wait to increase their dosage until their side effects go away, mm-hmm. which they do most often. Yes. And do any of your patients choose to take their LDN in the morning? Yes. If it affects the sleep, and I would say it's maybe 10%, I have them take it in the morning. Mm-hmm. And just for the, the listeners out there, because the, there is always the discussions, you know, should you take it in the morning? Should you take it in the evening? Does it work if you take it in the morning? In your experience, has it worked for those patients who take it in the morning? They still get a benefit. And yes, and I do still, I have a few patients with chronic pain that take it morning and evening and they find it works better double, you know, taking it twice a day. Mm-hmm. And that's another interesting topic. Could you go into a little bit more detail about how you dose um, for twice, twice daily? Okay, yes. Um, I start off typically with a half a milligram, 0.5 milligram capsule. And um, just because the higher doses, if I start off with the dose I want to get to, which is 4.5 milligrams, I tend to see a lot more side effects. Mm -hmm. So if I start low, like with a half a milligram, I tell my patients to go up to one milligram when they have no side effects. So if the first night they took it, they had no side effects. The very next day they take it you know, two capsules and so on until we get up to 4.5 milligrams. Okay. And when do you introduce the the second dose? Do you start it immediately or do you introduce the LDN yeah. first? Yeah, I start it once a day at first and mm-hmm. I watch my patient's response. And if I'm getting a good clinical response, but they still have symptoms, that's when I start to introduce um, another dose, which is in the morning. Okay. So it's based on the clinical outcome. Mm-hmm. And what about patients who come to see you with pain that are probably already taking an opiate-based painkiller? How do you get around that? Right. I don't like to prescribe them at the same time. So <clears throat> it's really interesting here. I live in Arizona, and... The law of uh, medical marijuana is legal here. So I will switch them over to that first because that seems to be more tolerable than the narcotics. And they wean up themselves off of it actually pretty quickly. I find that LDN treats pain really well um, and even chronic pain. I've had patients on as many as four pain pills at one time. And um, one female stopped them just to start LDN, and within a month's time, she was off. She had no more pain, and she was just on LDN. She was amazed. Wow. I was too. Yes. I was too. I have this conversation. We have um, some pain specialists that we have helping us, and it just amazes me how, you know, patients who are on fentanyl patches and morphine, where it's not touching the pain, and they wean themselves mm-hmm. off and they're on LDN, this little tiny pill that really doesn't do much. And it, mm. and it helps the pain tremendously. I've been told that yes. um, 
the majority of people still feel some pain, but it's toned down so much that they can continue with their life. It's not right. at the forefront of their mind, the pain. And if you're in excruciating pain, having a niggle is bearable, isn't it? <laughs> if you, if exactly. Yes, if you've had terrible pain. So other than mm-hmm. patients with pain issues, uh, what other patients have you treated so far? You know, I use it a lot with autoimmune diseases. And um, to me, like the auto, autoimmune could be cancer, autoimmune could be fibromyalgia, lupus, Sjogren's disease, even chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. So I use it for anything that, you know, because autoimmune is basically inflammation of the immune system, poor immune recognition, and therefore our cells don't really protect us. In those patients... Um, I actually do see blood work change. I see their ANA antibodies go negative while the patient is able to tell me they're feeling better as well. Mm. It's just uh, so amazing. I've always blown away by these stories. So the patients Mm. who have the, the autoimmune diseases, do they all have a similar kind of outcome or do you find there are certain conditions that are better than others responding to LDN? For autoimmune? Mm. Um, you know, I use it in all of them. Um, you know, I think it's patient specific mm-hmm. because there's just um, some patients, um, I don't know, I don't think it's condition specific, I think it's patient specific. And I think Believe it or not, a lot of it has to do with the patient's belief system as well. Because some patients have suffered so long, like either there's two extremes. They don't think anything's going to help them or they're so ready for something new to help them. Mm. And I think the way they think about it and approach it is so much, has so much to do with their outcome. And the other thing with LDN is the number of people who will say, well, how can LDN help with so many conditions? And we know there are over 240 that people have reported mm-hmm. to have good results from. But exactly what you're saying is because they're autoimmune diseases, which is caused through right. all, all this inflammation. Mm-hmm. So it's, right. it's not a case of it treating specifically all these conditions. It's treating the inflammation which all these conditions have. And yeah. not, I mean, being a, in functional medicine, you, I would believe, will actually treat the whole patient and not just the symptom. You will be looking at the underlining causes. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, very- diet and lifestyle also has to be taken into account. I don't think LDN is a magic bullet that you can continue eating fast food and just sitting on the couch watching daytime television without moving mm. and expecting LDN mm. is going to put it all right, is it? Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. <laughs> yes. You, you've got to put some effort into it as well. That's what I was and that's, meaning. Yeah, my patient population is used to lifestyle changes mm-hmm. and they don't expect a pill to fix them. I think LDN can because it's 
so powerful in what it does for every cell. But I agree with you. Our lifestyle and our outlook is 90% of our health outcomes. Yes. And from the number of patients mm-hmm. that I've spoken to in the last, how many years I've been doing this, 13 years, the people who respond better are those people with a positive outlook rather than the mm-hmm. negative people, poor me, why did it happen to me? You don't know how ill I am. (laughs) Yes. Mm, I mean, right, exactly. Yes. The frame of mind is also um, a big thing. And talking of which, I mean, a lot of people with an autoimmune disease, and especially those with pain elements to it, do feel depressed, whether it's clinical depression or they're just depressed with the circumstances. Have you found that LDN has helped with depression and anxiety? Yes, and I'm not sure if it's specific, you know, having to do with serotonin or anything like that, but when patients feel better, they naturally are happier. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time. So I do think LDN treats depression, but it's not the, you know, traditional way antidepressants work for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But when people feel better, their outlook does improve. And also people tell me that LDN helps them sleep better. And if you are having a good night's sleep, everything looks so much better in the morning, doesn't it, if you've actually had some sleep? Yes. Yeah, and I I definitely hear that. I hear people say they sleep a lot better, and then there's a few that say it makes them sleep worse. So (laughs) I always hope it's the one that sleeps better, because sleep is so important for our outlook, you said. Yes, yes, exactly. I was going to ask you another question there. Um, so have you ever used LDN outside of the box for things like infertility? That seems to be very successful. Or isn't infertility something that you get into in your practice? We treat infertility a lot. I've never thought of LDN for infertility. Um, but since you brought it up, I will start thinking. So, no, I have no experience with that. Okay. If you Google Dr. Phil Boyle in Ireland, he's been using it for many years with amazing results. And he says that, I mean, these are women that um, not only have infertility issues but um, have miscarriages and endometriosis and polycystic ovaries, all of these kind of women's issues, if you like, where LDN really does make a difference and the people that get pregnant who have repeatedly miscarried or had been unable to get pregnant it would seem that they have you know um, a good pregnancy he uses it before obviously to get them pregnant during pregnancy and during breastfeeding and he said that the, the baby's weight's are always very good they're very happy contented babies and as he did this survey that they're more they're less likely to have to have antibiotics for chest infections and things because they're healthier mm. so that to me is an amazing absolutely amazing yeah. thing so yeah and um on a personal note i used it for well i didn't use it for endometriosis i had endometriosis but i was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis so The endometriosis had been going on for years, absolutely awful. I won't go into details. And 
after a few years on LDN, everything had stopped completely. Um, mm. In actual fact, it must have been a few months because I had a, another operation just before I started and everything settled down. And I was talking to Dr. Phil Boyle after um, a conference in Ireland, in Scotland, I believe, and he was asking me questions about my health and I was saying that, I thought the endometriosis had stopped because of my age. I must have been about 50 at the time, thinking, you know, menopause, mm -hmm. it, it all stopped. And, and then he was asking me other questions and digging deeper, and it was actually the LD, <laughs> LDN that had, mm. had done it. And uh, touch wood, um, I have not had any problems at all, and I was repeatedly going in hospital. So, yeah, that was amazing. Wow. So, yeah, but I have found with mm. some people, sorry to butt in there, that um, LDN for, I know you said it it's patient dependent, but as a group, I would say the people who have told me who take LDN for psoriasis, that it does take longer um, for them to notice good results. Um, sometimes and when you say longer, what do you mean? like six months even. Some of them have taken yeah. it for six months. It's, it's taken the itch out, but it's still red and it's still not very nice. And then come the six months, all of those awful, I, I don't know what they call it, the scaly bits are dropping off, all the redness is going, and th then there's clear skin mm -hmm. underneath, which if you know there's a good chance of that happening, you know, stick with it. <laughs> it it's certainly worth Absolutely. it. Yes, I mean, cause there's so many people suffer with that and and particularly another thing um in the US more so than here in England is all the allergies that you have you know it that seems oh, to know. be a, a really big thing there um i'm sure it will come eventually mm -hmm. here but everybody talks about allergies when i go to america and i think really you know is it such a big thing mm -hmm. but ldn is mm. used as well for for allergies, I mean, is that something you yeah. have used it for? Yes, for sure. And I think the reason we have so many allergies in our country is because the quality of food our government allows us to eat. Mm -hmm. I think allergies begin and end in the small intestine where our immune system, 80% of our immune system is. And I'll tell you, our government allows, you know, GMOs. I don't think you do. No. Um, just horrible. Mm -hmm. you know, if you think about the, the Food and Drug Administration is one administration so to me the worse food we eat the more drugs we're going to sell so yes. well of course we're eating foods that inflame us and cause allergies ldn i've used for allergies mm -hmm. um you know once i've asked the patient also to improve their diet etc and it does seem to work really well um at helping the immune system recognize like i don't have to inflame to the environment i don't have to inflame to food anymore <laughs> you know that's that's a beautiful part about ldn is it retrains the immune system. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Tom O'Brien. I don't know Dr. Tom O'Brien. Okay, because he talks about um, gluten and gluten sensitivity and he runs the Gluten Summit every year. Mm. And he's a speaker at the conferences that we, we've had. And how he explains how, you know, all the um, um, pesticides that are in food these days, mm -hmm. you know, the Roundup mm -hmm. that you're actually digesting That's and 
of course, I think over there you're able to inject cows with lots of or animals with um, antibiotics and things. And of course, whatever the animal is eating, then you eat it, <laughs> digest it That's as well. That's exactly right. Mm, which yeah. mm-hmm. isn't good, is it? So it's scary. <laughs> it is scary. And to think, you know, mm-hmm. years ago in my grandparents' day, you know, it was real food and it, there wasn't such thing as processed food. My husband and I were talking the other day when we were children, we can both remember having the first refrigerators. You know, it was a big, mm. big deal. And mm. then, of course, freezers mm. came later on. And um, But everything at that time used to be cooked fresh. You know, there wasn't any mm. fast food with all fast the food. additives. Yes. And even though fast food if you live on your own and you're not well and you can't manage to cook it's a convenience for you but i mean it they're usually quite high in fat and salt and sugar which in turn isn't good for you regardless of what the actual content is yes so if we could all try and eat a bit fresher and a bit healthier um that's very true yeah the ldn that you prescribe um, do you, I heard you say capsules, do you do it in a liquid form or do you prescribe it in a liquid form or it's sublingual if people have stomach problems? I've never had to use anything but the capsule. Um, and I've never, except for that one patient, um, had anybody get nauseous from it. So I only use the capsules because so far it's been very well tolerated with my patients. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I would like you to tell people where you are and how they can get in touch with you. You know, website, email, mm-hmm. telephone, where you're based yes, in my, Arizona. Um, <laughs> yeah, my practice is in um, Paradise Valley, Arizona, which is um, basically Scottsdale, Phoenix area. And um, our website is uh, my name, Dr. Ramsey, at drramsey.com. That's my email, drramsey.com is our um, website. Mm-hmm. And um, our phone number is either 480 or 800 970 Wonderful. And it's called the Center of Natural Healing, isn't it? Right. Center for Natural Healing. Yeah. Now, how easy is it for patients to make an appointment to come and see you? Do you have a waiting list? Well, I have um, a waiting list, but I have other doctors in my office, too, and we all work together. So I, if patients can't get into my schedule, they can get into another doctor in the office pretty quickly. And um, because we communicate about all the patients, if another doctor missed thinking about LDN, I'll help them you know, remember, because that's something I do every day. Mm-hmm. And my other doctors are getting used to it. Um, so whether they get into my schedule or someone else's schedule, they're going to get the same care. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. It's been amazing to get to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Today, my guest is Dr. Leslie Gasparis, who's from uh, Seattle in uh, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today, Leslie. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So before we start... um, 
let's find out first what kind of a doctor are you? Are you an ND or a MD? I'm an ND, a naturopathic doctor. Mm-hmm. And what is your background? Well, I went to University of Washington for my undergraduate bachelor's degree. And then from there, I attended Bastyr University for my doctorate in naturopathic medicine. And since then, I've been practicing for about 15 years. The first 10 were mostly primary care. And then the last five, I've concentrated on endocrinology and thyroid disorders and hormone balance. Mm -hmm. So... Is it mainly women you treat, or do you treat men and children as well? I do treat men and children. I'd say two-thirds of my practice is women, and the other one-third is men and children. I did my residency in a family practice, so did a lot of pediatrics early on, so I still will do that, although it's not my declared specialty at this time, but I, I still don't turn them away. I do really enjoy working with children. And of course, men have thyroid problems and, and mm-hmm. hormone issues. Yes. Women do too, just not quite as often mm-hmm. with the thyroid that I see. So I, I see plenty of men as well. And I was reading your bio, which people can uh, read online, that you uh-huh. um, treat infertility issues. Do you use LDN uh-huh. for that? You know, I do now. I, in the last two three years, I have been addressing infertility with LDN, even when there's not necessarily an obvious autoimmune component, because I do find that balancing the immune system always is something important to do for infertility, and it's often overlooked. Mm-hmm. And what has your success rate been with using LDN? Pretty pretty good. I, I have to say that I'm pretty happy with the outcomes of the infertility cases, especially when I'm their last stop. They've usually already seen fertility doctors, and what I do notice is that something like LDN and really focusing on thyroid as well are often overlooked. And so when we add those components to the fertility treatment, the, the creating the whole person so that pregnancy can happen, it, it seems to work, and it's, we have a pretty good success rate with that. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been prescribing LDN now? Since 2009. Mm-hmm. So about eight years. Yes, quite a while, isn't it? And I know that you treat hormone imbalance, as you were just saying, for men as well as women. Uh-huh. If one of your patients come to you with symptoms of, of thyroid issues, what is your first steps that you take to helping them? My first steps are, well, I take an in, I do an intake for about an hour. I talk to them about everything, all of their symptoms, emotional, physical, historical. And then I review all the records. I run blood tests. And then I just, I start to treat. I treat nutritional. I treat hormone balance. I treat all angles in the immune system. So when they first come to my office, it's usually information gathering. Although I will say that there's almost always room to start with something as benign and helpful as magnesium and vitamin D before I send them away for testing while we wait for the results. Mm-hmm. So I do. I often do a few little things to start before I know more to help them feel better while we wait for their test results. Well, that's uh, 
I should think your patients really appreciate that, don't they? Well, they, they seem to. It's, it's kind of fun because they almost always will feel better. I try to be sure their quality of life starts to improve from the minute they step in mm-hmm. to the office to, you know, to where they get them where they want them to be. It's, it's important to me. So with patients who have thyroid issues, what dose do you start them on of LDN? Usually I'll taper starting at one milligram because there is often an autoimmune component with Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism. I'll taper more slowly and I'll start with a half milligram, but I almost always have Hashimoto's cases that are, that are not um, as volatile as Graves. Therefore, in those cases, I'll start one milligram and I'll taper them up to 4.5 milligrams over about an eight-week period of time in most cases. Mm-hmm. I like um, on your bio, it says that um, you give your patients tools they need so they can be in the driver's seat when it comes to accomplishing their goals. Yeah, I, I like to educate my patients. Yes, and I I have MS and I didn't know anything about it beforehand. Oh. And you become... Uh-huh. <laughs> A researcher. I think you read absolutely yeah. everything you can and, and want to know. So I think you educating your patients and giving them the correct information has got to be so valuable. It is one of my favorite parts of practicing because I feel like we've become a team. I love proactive patients that research and I help them decipher what's right and what isn't mm. and sort through it. And then I give them all of the information they need to get well and then I stand by them until they're well mm-hmm. it's important it certainly is and even though the internet is a really valuable tool which we didn't have you know years ago it was going to the local library but I mean everything is at your fingertips but sometimes you know people have to realize not everything you read is factual there, there are misleading information out there so I think for a patient to be able to bring their research to somebody who can then point them in the right direction of well you know yes this is correct but I don't find that to be is helpful isn't it it is isn't it is very much so somebody to point you in the right direction because if you don't know you believe most things, don't you, if you don't know that they're right well, or sure. Wrong. I mean, that's the whole thing about having the medical background. You know, I don't feel like I learned what I needed to know in school, but I learned how to learn. Mm. And, you know, for example, deciphering the Internet information, it's so nice to have the background and the clinical experience to be able to figure out what's what and then tell the patient the right path, you know, and, and answer their questions. I, I take emails, I take calls, I take questions from my patients constantly regarding these things because mm. we, we just have to wade through it and get it and get it right mm-hmm. and do they find sleeping is an issue do they take it at night or do you suggest they take it in the morning that's such a great topic i historically over all these years i've used it used it at night because originally that's what was said to you know work and it has worked and i see it work beautifully i'm a little wary of dosing in the morning, but that being said, for compliance reasons, in a few cases, I find that morning needs to be the time. And so 
I am watching these people. I've just started doing it in the last six months, maybe maybe eight months. And I'm watching these people to see if they do as well as the models of my patients. I have hundreds of people in LDN. I'm going to watch and see if they do as well as the nighttime dosing people. Supposedly, it's supposed to be the same. But I clinically am not sure yet. I'm watching. So mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. Okay. And have any of your patients reported to you any negative side effects other than the usual sleep disturbance, maybe some nausea or headache? Mm -hmm. What kind of things? Headaches. Headaches. I haven't seen nausea yet, but I have seen headaches, and it was in a very specific group. It was in children Mm -hmm. and very small, sensitive adults, women. Um, So I've, I've almost been able to pick out these people by sight now and I can tell when I need to taper more slowly in these cases and consider morning dosing as well mm-hmm. but I, I have seen headaches when I when I taper too quickly in some of these people um, that are sensitive. And have you noticed with your patients that it's not always the higher the dose the better the benefit you know do some of your yeah. patients do better on a lower dose? Absolutely. I have some people on doses between two and three milligrams long-term doing well, and they can tell, and we can watch their antibodies, and we do know they're doing well. So I was very intrigued about the lower dosing and the intermittent dosing discussion in the conference this year, well, last year, I suppose, in September, and and watching to see if lower than 4.5 milligrams can work more often. The way I see it, the more effective dosing is always best with everything. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned children there. Um, mm-hmm. what, what has been your experience of LDM with children? I've had some pretty phenomenal results with some of the cases. I have um, some children with autism in the, in the practice where they really didn't know where to turn and we use nutrition and LDM to really help these kids uh, be more stable in their daily life. And I had recently a really neat case with a child with um, EOE uh, where they have uh, reflux and and intestinal inflammation and causes the child to lose weight and stop growing. And the LDN reversed the EOE and got the child off of steroids and he's now growing. Uh, It's amazing. I'm amazed and so happy I was able to offer it to this family where they really didn't know what to do. It was really scary for them. Mm. And long-term use of steroids, especially in children, I wouldn't have thought was... Um, Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say such a good idea. <laughs> but, I mean, if you have to, you have to. Concerned. But yes, yeah. If you have to, you have to. But yes. it's, not, it's usually not the best way to go if you can really work on the case. And LDN becomes an amazing tool in some cases like that. Mm. Yes. And men... What conditions have you treated men with with LDN? Mostly Hashimoto's. I, I'm trying to think of all the cases. I have a few also where they were just sick all of the time. Sinus infections, ear infections, no end to infections. And um, the LDN stopped that vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get them back on a road to health. Uh, there was one other case where we just recently got someone with renal failure and I put him on LDN and he's actually no longer headed for dialysis. Uh, his doctor even had told him he was going to pass away in the next year or two and wow. he's actually doing very well and I think LDN was a big part of that. Goodness. 
I haven't heard of yeah, that before. Amazing. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Well, I always try LDN because it won't hurt a case when it, the case is, is dire and we're not really sure what to do and why I need to figure it out. I would start them on LDN and it's often helpful. Mm-hmm. And what about the women other than the Hashimoto's? I mean, do you, and of course you said um, about menopausal hormone imbalance, but things like sure. polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, have you... Absolutely. LDN is wonderful for those cases, mm-hmm. um, especially when there's a cancer risk. And when there's, you know, usually there's a family history of endometrial or cervical or breast cancer in cases where there's a lot of estrogen proliferative disorder. So LDN becomes a, a useful tool in those cases as well mm-hmm. to help protect these patients. And I know you use nutrition, and if you had to pick the top four uh, supplements that your patients take, and as I say, I know that you work on people as a one-to-one individual, but are there any overlaps that you, you can see in your suggestions for the nutritional supplements? Absolutely. Uh, Magnesium's a big deal, and vitamin D as well. And then adrenal support. It, adrenal support, in my mind, is almost like LDN, where if you, of course, you have 15 different levels of adrenal support, but if you find the right one for the patient, it becomes incredibly useful for healing their immune system and their overall well-being as well. So I pretty much always find the right adrenal support as soon as possible with every case. And then after that, number four, that's highly variable. Sometimes it's iodine, sometimes it's vitamin C, um, sometimes it's zinc or a gut healing formula, depending on the case. Number four becomes pretty variable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And gut health is um, really important and organizing these right. conferences, so many doctors talking about, you know, the gut is the second brain. And so many people have gut issues and and don't realise it. For myself, I had um, SIBO and didn't know it. I just thought I had to live with really bad stomachache all the time and that was just how I was (laughs) until I had it fixed. That's too bad. SIBO, it's awful. It makes people very ill Mm. and it's prevalent. You know, we used to think H. pylori was prevalent. SIBO is more prevalent that from my from my standpoint, and I find it's under-diagnosed and needs to be looked for more often. Mm. It's something we, I would say, don't recognise in this country, or maybe it's just the doctors I know. But <clears throat> over in America, you really do seem to recognise SIBO more than we do over here. So... What do you do about gut health? I mean, as in diet as well as the supplements and et cetera, et cetera? Oh, sure. Well, I find LDN to be useful with gut health too because when your immune system is confused, the gut is going to be inflamed and any particular bacterial overgrowth or bug for that instance, it could be a parasite or or fungal overgrowth, that is very easily going to happen in an immune system that's confused uh, in, in the gut. So what I usually do is put them on an anti-inflammatory diet, and there's some variability in that depending on the case, but that's very important. 
we'll test for food allergies, we'll look for SIBO, and we'll rebalance rebalance the gut. I'll usually do a glutamine-based formula, probiotics. Sometimes if there is an overgrowth, we'll do a 90-day antibiotic. I use herbal antibiotics, but we'll do an antibiotic regimen or an antifungal regimen or a combo. So it's, it depends on the case, but there's a lot to do usually in about the first 90 days for gut health in most cases, I'll have to say. Mm-hmm. And how long does it take for somebody who is suffering with stomach pains to be able to, I wouldn't say cure them, but for them to feel symptom-free? Is usually it... within the first three to four weeks, they feel a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. So it certainly. And then the rest of the time is just being sure. Yeah, but if anybody has really bad stomach ache, you know, there are things that can be done. You know, it doesn't have to be something awful wrong with you, but um, having it checked right. is a really good idea, isn't it? How do you? Very much so. How do you check people's um, gut to, to check if there is something wrong? Well, I have a couple of different tests that I run. I'll do a breath test mm-hmm. for SIBO and H. pylori. Those those are best detected by breath tests. And then stool tests are the other uh, way I like to look for overgrowth of, of fungus, parasites, inflammatory markers, food allergies, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There are blood tests, too, for food allergies. I feel like they're a little bit less accurate than the stool test, but I'll use a combo of those things to get to the bottom of the case and get it figured out so that that first 90 days of gut healing actually works for sure we don't miss anything well that's really good excuse me for asking so many questions but oh sure is it normal is it what do you do um check the gut with with your patients or where does it come in your testing it definitely is one of the places I start if the gut health is part of the symptom complaint list. I ask probably a hundred questions on their intake and then I interview them for an hour. And if I have anything indicating that there's something wrong with their gut mm-hmm. during any of that, I will address the gut and test. If I don't and they're really focused on other issues and their quality of life does not seem to be impacted at all by digestion and gut health. And I will circle back to it if needed later, mm-hmm. depending on that case. But it's usually, it's usually prevalent in, I'd say, 60, 70% of cases as, as the initial workup. Mm-hmm. And what's your thoughts on gluten and dairy, sugar? I think no. they're very inflammatory. Gluten, dairy, and sugar, I call them kryptonite. When I talk to my patients and I feel that they are inflammatory, and in most cases at some point, I will test for gluten and dairy sensitivity specifically, not only to, to prove to the patient that it's inflammatory, but to also have the data to help them make a decision to take those things out of their diet for the most part, or completely depending on the test result. But I, all of my anti-inflammatory diet regimens do not have gluten, dairy, or sugar in them. Mm-hmm. Are there any other foods that you suggest your patients not eating? Well, just the processed foods, uh, things that come in a bag. If you're not, you know, able to pick it and see it and it's 
raw form and understand what it is by looking at it, then you shouldn't probably be eating it. So I, I do, that's part of the education and our discussions. We really do try to change the overall view and lifestyles of food and eating. I don't want people to be afraid of food and eating, but I want them to eat real food. And um, there is leeway to enjoy and go to restaurants, but I like people to foundationally eat an anti-inflammatory diet. Mm-hmm. But it's so important, isn't it? Um, and not, Very much. And <laughs> not only does it help with all the inflammation, to eat correctly, you lose weight. Everybody I've spoken to, yes, who, yes without <laughs> yes, without dieting, yep. it's just a lifestyle change, Absolutely. isn't it? Yes, and, uh, and yeah, and that's a complaint of ninety percent of my patients is weight. They want like to lose weight, so that it fits perfectly in with that. Mm. I managed to go gluten-free, dairy-free, and processed sugar-free, and I try very hard not to have any of that. And I then was tested and found I couldn't eat eggs and yeast and mushrooms and certain fish and certain nuts. And (laughs) the list was... Well, you know, that's an interesting point. That can be hard when you have all of those Mm. added. Yes, very Um, hard. And and that's why I I think the LDN can help. Yeah, so like the eggs, so when those outliers come, like the eggs and, and the and the mushrooms and blueberries and what you know those outliers with food sensitivity come along in testing. I often believe that it's just an immune problem at that point, and if the LDN is around long enough and if gluten, dairy, and sugar stay out long enough, those can all be reintroduced and the person can remain healthy. That's what I usually see and believe. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I think the LDN is, is incredibly useful for that to the, the multiple food allergies. Yes, because restrictive diet is certainly not easy. It's not easy. It is not easy. No. I mean, I've been through there myself. I remember. It's not easy. <laughs> it's easier, though, isn't it? I, I've been on it, I don't know, three or yeah. four years. But well, once you get used to it. Yes. It's a, a way yeah. of life, and I don't crave the things... I used to, because I know, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to really upset my stomach <laughs> if I have them. So yeah, now, isn't that a beautiful it. thing when your body knows what it needs and yes. <laughs> it doesn't want what it doesn't want? Yeah, you just look at it and think, yeah. no, you know, that's that's not for me. I'll I'll choose this. You know, there's always healthier options. And I reversed type two diabetes. Um, I'm now classed as a, a diabetic in remission. So I was so pleased That's about awesome. that. That's one of my favorite things. That is that I love that. And I hope everybody knows that type two diabetes is almost always reversible. And that that's that's fantastic. Well you see, I I don't think people are told that. I, I think you're told when you I don't got, think they are told no, that. No. That yeah. once you've got it, you you've got it. And you've right. got to learn to live with it. But to now providing I carry on doing what I'm doing not to have to worry that further down the line I mean my grandmother died of diabetes but this was in um, 1960s early 1960s and they didn't know that she'd got diabetes and she died of a of course a really high sugar level and she went into a coma so I saw that and I was four years old frightened me to death my mother oh, had very bad 
diabetes and it affected her kidneys. So when I was diagnosed, mainly because of all the steroids I was given originally when I had MS, I, I gained like 50 pounds in oh, six gosh. months. Then I, it turned in, well, into type tough. 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And I really mm -hmm. thought that my life expectancy was going to be less because I'd, I'd been diagnosed with diabetes. But then to find, you know, I'd reversed it. And I'm actually, you don't have the mm -hmm. label taking away. The label's still there, but I don't care, providing all the test results are fine. Yeah. So if you've got any issues with type 2 diabetes, you know, talk to your doctor, look at your diet. It, it can Absolutely. be done. Yes. Yes. There's some amazing tools, too, um, in the nutritional supplement world for type 2 diabetes and blood sugar issues. It is amazing. And then you take that and add it to diet and it can be reversed. It is absolutely so fun to do that mm -hmm. because like you, people become so excited when they no longer are diabetic. You know, they're in remission yeah. and their blood sugar is normal again. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun to see that. And you can see the quality of life improve dramatically too. You don't feel tired anymore. You don't worry about your future. It's, it's neat. Mm -hmm. How long does it take normally for people to be able to reverse that diagnosis? About a year. Um, a pre-diabetic, six months. Um, if, it's, if the hemoglobin A1C is above 6.4 and it's officially diabetic, about a year. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is, is just so amazing. And this is why naturopathic doctors, I think look at things slightly differently <laughs> than uh, Absolutely. some MDs. Mm. So that's the functional truly medicine perspective. Yes. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's listening to this um, around the Seattle area who would like to come and see you, how do they contact you? Well, our, our clinic is in Northgate, which is in Seattle, just north of downtown. Our phone number is 206 925 3525 and our website is thyroid.com. it's easy to find us wow thank you and do you open every day of the week we're open Tuesday through Friday mm -hmm. no longer on Mondays <laughs> <laughs> and what about times what, what are your opening times 10am to 5pm mm -hmm. okay well, it's been yeah. really interesting talking to you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. You as well. Thank you, Linda. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.